0: Society, welcome back to the Sassy and Saved podcast, where kingdom meets culture, tackling real topics and real issues from the kingdom perspective. If this is your first time, welcome to the society. You can keep up with us on Instagram at sassyandsaved.co. And before you head out, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. So y'all ready? Let's talk about it. So my friend put out a tweet and it's actually going kind of um, mini viral. Uh, We actually posted it on our Instagram page, the Sassy and Saved Instagram page, so you can check it out. It's at sassyandsaved.co, quick plug, Um, but she put out a tweet and it says, I am convinced real godly men are the most romantic. Don't argue with me, argue with your lukewarm boyfriend. And so many people are liking and retweeting this tweet, guys, and I love that for us because it shows that we have finally woken up to the revelation that effort is not expensive. I used to be one of those girls that would be like, if you're in a relationship and you're shown love every day, you don't need to celebrate Valentine's Day. I think I even tweeted that before. Or or I would say, like, um, there's no point in putting pressure on a man to celebrate Valentine's Day if he loves you every day. All of those, you know. And I like to actually publicly apologize for that clownery. Like, clownery. I would like to publicly apologize for it because it's clownery. Um, I think, first of all, that is... Like top two pick me behavior and definitely not number two. But I think a lot of us have at one point been through that stage. Maybe we're currently there and I'm here to drag you on out, but maybe we're currently there where we um, try to undermine the fact that, or try to justify the fact that, yeah, it's not undermined; it's justified. Try to justify the fact that we are not being loved correctly. And since it's Valentine's Day, you know we're going to talk about it. So Valentine's Day has come and gone and I have seen all of the beautiful posts on my timeline. I see everybody posting their flowers, their teddies, their gifts. And I love that for all of us because I love seeing Black women loved well. Shout out to Black History Month. But I love seeing Black women loved well. I love seeing all women love well. I'm passionate about women, naturally, but um, in honor of Black History Month, I love seeing Black women love well. So it was it was really nice to be able to see women being loved well by their partners and of course we had some men that were trying to justify why they didn't need to treat their girls for Valentine's Day and that thing just pisses me off so much because and I shared this on my Instagram like the whole ideology behind I don't need to take a day to observe love or to treat someone I love because I love them every day actually makes no sense because Every October, November, we buy turkeys, we gather around the family, we have feasts, and we celebrate Thanksgiving. Do you really need a day to tell you that you need to give thanks for all you have or to you need to be thankful for what you have in life? No, but you observe it anyways. Today in Canada, we have a holiday. It's called Family Day, which we're supposed to pause and observe and spend time with our families. It's one of the Holidays that Canadians have just to, I think it's all of Canada, I'm not sure, but one of the holidays that we have here in Ontario, let me say Ontario, to help us appreciate, enjoy, and spend time with our families. They found out a couple years ago that, um, I guess, family quality time depleted because there was too much of a gap between Christmas, New Year, and um, Easter, And so they added in a holiday for us to spend time with family because it's important to Canada, I guess. Right. So today we are off from work, staying home, spending time with the family, family day. You don't need a whole day to tell you that you need to spend time with your family. You don't need a whole day to tell you that you need to appreciate your family. But here we are not working because it is a holiday that has been socially recognized. And so if Valentine's Day is a holiday that has been socially recognized, even if you love your partner every day, the fact that people all around the world are pausing to show a little extra love to their person, to their significant other, to their beloved on this day, and you are literally going out of your way to make your significant other feel left out simply so that you can prove a point. That's whack to me. That's super whack. What's all the more crazy about it is as much as we women love nice things, when we are in a relationship with someone or when we truly love someone, it doesn't actually take much to impress us. And that is why I say effort is not expensive. Men want to, no, not men, some men. Some men want to be cheap so bad that they have excuses for it, but it does not take a lot. To impress a woman or to love on a woman. Effort doesn't mean buying 1,000 things, giving $1,000 or doing the absolute most. It could be the smallest thing. Something as small as a handwritten letter. It's the fact that you took the effort to express your love that means more. And that's what Valentine's Day is really about. It's not about the the cost of the gift, the quantity of the gift, or what be it. It's just about making that effort to make the person you love feel extra special. And if you cannot do that because you want to prove that you don't need to do that to be in love, there's something wrong with you. There's actually something really wrong with you. Like I wrote on Instagram, you can literally write a love letter on Hillroy lined paper with a number two pencil. And that will mean so much to somebody just because you took the time to put into words how you feel about the person. I also want to talk about the people that, because you know, I have me a little business and in our business, we do some prints and we do some amazing things that make, that make awesome gifts for people, personalized custom prints and whatsoever. And some people, they didn't know what to say. And so they paid me to write sweet things about their girlfriend so they could present them with a gift. But I mean, I'm happy that they made the effort to buy their girls a gift. Trust me, I am. I'm happy that they acknowledge the fact that it's Valentine's Day and took that step to do so but I must say it's a little bit weird that you're in a relationship with someone and you cannot say anything about them to the point where you need somebody else to write for you how you feel I mean I know I know that some people have trouble communicating some people have trouble with words even I'm a person that I find myself not super romantic. So I have trouble communicating my feelings, I know. But like, I still would like sit down and think about what I want to say. And even if I don't necessarily get the word right, the wording right, I may pass it through someone to like proofread, to like edit, but I would come up with the meat of the thing myself, you know? But the fact that you have to pay someone to write about your girl or your man, that you're in a relationship with is a little bit weird to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it's a little bit weird to me. But I mean, one thing that I realized, because you guys know I'm really a reflective person. I'm always taking things a little deeper and thinking through things a little more. And one thing that I realized this Valentine's Day is that I feel like the standard for love has been raised, especially for my Christian sisters, which I love to see it. I feel like as Christian women, especially, we have been sold the narrative for so long that relationships are solely about purpose, and God gives you a person or puts you in a relationship to fulfill the purpose that He has for you guys on the earth or for you guys to fulfill a purpose for the kingdom. And many a times we minimize the romance factor in relationships, especially in the church, and make it all spiritual. So I feel like In times past, a lot of us Christian women have been in relationships where we were being loved subpar because everything was focused on the spiritual side of things. And I love to see that my Christian sisters are being loved well and spiritually covered by their men. Like, I love to see it. I posted a tweet and I said, it's a beautiful thing to be washed with the word and showered with gifts. Because relationships can actually be both. It's actually okay for a man to wash you with the word and also romance you. And for so long, we have been given this narrative that it's one or the other. You either have a romantic man or you have a man that's spiritual. And that is not true. And the fact that I saw so many women being wined and dined and appreciated and loved and treated Extra special yesterday just made me so happy because this shows that we've come to the realization and the true revelation that in so much as relationships are about purpose, they're also about companionship and doing life with someone. So love that for us, sis. Love that for us. It's funny because I actually did a thread on that topic, um, the topic of dating in the church. And seeing how it's February, I knew that I really wanted to talk about this. Um, The thread did pretty well on both Twitter and Instagram because, you know, I always post my threads to Instagram. Um, It did really well and I was glad to see that. I wasn't the only one that was taught this way. Um, As you know, I've been in a place in my walk where I'm really just learning and unlearning and actually taking the time to, like, question things. Like, I feel like the majority, the last, oh, the last seven years of my walk, because actually on Valentine's Day is the anniversary of the day I got saved. And so yesterday actually commemorated seven years of walking with the Lord. And um, I just feel like the last seven years of this walk have been a lot of, of course, me studying the word for myself and and reading the scriptures and learning things um I do have a teaching gift by God's grace and teaching things but like also I do feel like I was led a lot by culture for my walk um and what that means for me is kind of I've always been a person that's pretty inquisitive and would kind of go and fact check um certain things but because of the culture being, you know, Ganyan and, okay, Ganyan and Togolese, because my, okay, I always, I I always only claim Ganyan, but I'm actually half Togolese, and my mom says I need to start putting some respect on it and claiming that side, and so, um, I'm gonna claim it from now on, so <laughs> now being Ganyan and Togolese, I, um, what I know from African culture, you don't really question when people tells you, you don't really question when people tell you things or you don't really talk back. You don't really, uh, me me and African culture have, traditional African culture, let me say that, me and traditional African culture have a longstanding beef. Like, (laughs) I'm always telling my mom that like, that just actually doesn't make sense, because there's a lot of cultural practices that um we have in traditional African culture that I feel like just stifle individuals, like you can't question, you can't talk back, you can't have an opinion, you're not allowed to think it just don't sit well with me, but anywho um because the culture is raised in a because we're raised in a way, and the culture is that in which we show uh unrealistic amount of respect to elders to the point of actually destruction <laughs> and because we confuse asking questions with disrespect we are raised in a way that we're not allowed to ask questions and so a lot of my walk has been based in that because you know I've been in African churches I'm African and um, a lot of the things I've been told I just sort of took at face value but now I'm at a place in my walk where I'm finding out that like a lot of these things that I've been living by and these rules and regulations and standards that I've become the norm in my life are actually not true. And they're standards that humans have set and God has not. And I'm in the place where I'm just unlearning certain things and actually taking the time to learn things for myself and going to the Lord and seeing, hey, like what? does this mean? Or like reading in context, because we love to do this thing in the church where it's no context, just vibes. I'm reading in context. And so um, I even lost my train of thought. I'm just going off and off and off. But I yes, I I, uh, posted this thread about dating in the church because the way I was taught to date in the church was very, very different as what I believe dating is now. I fear that many people in times past definitely because I could see some relationships and just know that y'all are not in love like y'all y'all are not in love there's no love in the relationship no romance no nothing I could just see it so it's def- so definitely in times past but even in this generation just because of what we've been taught and what's been passed down a lot of us are missing out on God's true intent for intimacy and relationship because of how we were taught or not taught to date in the church. In church me personally I was taught that God will speak to you and tell you who your partner is directly and that you're not supposed to date because it's not it's you're not supposed to date because it's not biblical you're supposed to court. You jump straight into a courtship. Once the Lord reveals to you who this person is, you court for six months to one year and you marry quick because God spoke it and you don't want to fall into temptation. And y'all, that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. And as a zealous baby Christian with a call to ministry, navigating being a new believer, navigating being told that I'm called to ministry navigating the fact that I need to marry right and navigating my own traumatic experiences and 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 notions of what marriage is I believed that and I have over the course of my 26 years been in some of the worst relationships of my life and if I look back the relationships that I had in the world were actually better than the relationships that I've had in the church like boyfriends in the world were better than boyfriends in the church now me being constantly told that i have a call to ministry and i have to marry right i became so gripped with fear at the thought of marriage like if you've been following me for a while from blog days you know that i always talked about being afraid of marriage even on instagram i've talked about so many times like that is like my big. well no because i have been delivered by God's grace. So won't he do it? But, uh, my biggest fear was marriage. And now that I've unlearned, I've realized and been able to see and witness experience firsthand that dating with purpose and intent and with God at the center is one of the deepest forms of intimacy. That I have ever seen or experienced in my life. Like it is okay to date as a Christian. I know you heard that you can't. No, you can. (laughs) You're a human being. You can date. But it is in the way we date that is different. And this is what I was talking about in the last podcast. Like a lot of times we try to completely separate ourselves from the secularisms of life, but it's not possible. We're human beings, we're in the world, but we're not of it. And so we will participate in certain things that the world participates in, but we will do it from the Christian perspective or we will do it with a difference. And so we can date, but we cannot date like the world. It is literally so sobering to experience someone and think that God literally created this person with me in mind. And that's not to say that there's one person for everybody because I don't believe that. But because of God and who God is, we know that nothing is coincidence in him. And so when you come across a person and they fit you like a glove, like you guys just work and fit together in the most amazing way because he. God, knew the end from the beginning. He knew that one day you would come across this person and may choose to do life with them. And so he put certain things in them and certain things in you that will just work so beautifully together. And that's not to say that you wouldn't work with anybody else. Yes, in somebody else, you may have different certain things that would work with them and they may have different certain things that will work with you. But he In creating, you factored in that in every season of your life, you would come across a guy or a girl that you may decide to make your partner. And in every season of your life, he has placed one person that contains what you need to help you do life with it, so that if you choose them, it's possible. Like, when you think about who God is and how amazing and how intentional and how mindful he is, it's so sobering, humbling, and overwhelming how much he loves us. Like, think about it, between the ages of 20 to whatever people get married, some even younger. And in every season of your life, like in my life, I have lived in Toronto. I have lived in Ottawa. I have lived in America. I have lived in so many different places. And in every season, every stage from the time that I started dating, when I was in first year in 2012, there was somebody there that God strategically introduced me with that I could have chosen to do life with. And they worked well with me. And then I moved on to to York University and there were men that were there that I met and dated that I could have chosen to do life that would work well with me and then I got saved and things sort of changed a little bit and then I met other people that had the potential to do life with me and in each and every one of those seasons I could have chose any of those people and we would have worked and the fact that God made sure that we would have worked because he put certain things in me and certain things in them that if we decided to come together and do life, it would work is just amazing. It's just amazing. Like God is the best, (laughs) like seriously. But um, when you have the added benefit of having Christ, both being madly in love with God before each other and pursuing him on your own, and then joining paths and pursuing him together, it is so wild to have a connection that is so pure and so real and so authentic, especially when you can be your authentic self with a person without compromise. And I do believe that when we assess relationships. We ought to do it from a place of understanding like the way we relate with people is the same way we should relate with the Lord. What I mean by that is it is possible for you to experience love that God would give from humans. Maybe not in totality because God's love is reckless and and all the songs we sing, but in some aspect, it is possible to receive that agape love or that unconditional love from humans. And when you do, it is so pure and mind-blowing. The ability to be your authentic self without compromise, to be open and honest about every scar and every fear and every experience that you've had, every trauma, every win, every loss, to expose your weaknesses and still be covered. To be corrected, to be challenged, to be a better Christian, to be seen in ways that you don't even see yourself, to be encouraged, to be the you that you could have only dreamed of, to feel safe with the person that you're with and not afraid of messing up or losing them, And not having to constantly prove yourself or prove your worth. True vulnerability. Doesn't that sound like our relationship with God? And I believe that is what God desires for us with our spouses. I believe that is what he desires for us. And that is why he called us to do such difficult things, both men and women, which is to submit, to lead, and to love like Christ loved the church. To ask a man to love like Christ loves the church requires you to see God to do it. And to ask a woman to submit to the will of her husband. But I believe he called us to do such difficult things. Things that go against our nature so that we could experience this kind of love. Unconditional love. The love that he has for us tangibly on earth. And I fear that many people are missing out on that type of love because they're over-spiritualizing it. And so many people in the church seem unhappy with their marriages. Me and my friends in our group chat, you know, back when we used to be gossiping, sometimes still a little bit. I'm going to keep it real with you. Sometimes still a little bit. We'll be like, yo, this couple does not look in love. Like, do they love each other? Or we hear of a couple habitually cheating or lacking intimacy or what be it. And one day I was reading Genesis 2.24, because usually I always go back, when it comes to relationship, I always go back to Adam and Eve. They're the first ones, and there's always something to learn. And I was reading Genesis 2.24, and we quote this scripture all the time, you know? And that is why a man shall leave his father and be joined with his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And that day, it just spoke to me in a different way, because... The scripture says they shall become one flesh, you know, become is future tense. And a lot of times, especially in the church, we think we get married and then we do life and we do purpose and all of these things. But the Bible says they shall become one flesh. So you don't just get married and all of a sudden you're one flesh. You become it. And how do you become? We know that the journey to becoming comes with process comes with development comes with growth comes with disappointment comes with crushing you yourself from the time you have started life to whatever age you are now to be the you that you are today the person that you've become you have gone through so many experiences some good bad but you've had to face yourself in totality you've had to be honest with yourself in sometimes You've had to be vulnerable with yourself sometimes. You've had to do all the things we just talked about with yourself to become who you are. And even still you're becoming. And in the future you will still need to be transparent with yourself, vulnerable with yourself, forgive yourself, learn to love yourself, face your fears, unlearn certain things, be bruised, hurt, and scarred and go through the process it takes to become and much like and much like that in relationship as the bible says we must become and so we must endure and go through all these things in becoming one flesh if you think about it i'm not a science person but like i'm just going to like try a little bit because when i was like thinking about this and praying um i saw an image in my head and it was so powerful if you were to cut yourself right now and there was a gash or a gape in your flesh and there was two parts before the two parts can come together you would need to sew you would need to sew and stitch it i don't know if you guys have ever had stitches before i have but like if you cut yourself and you need to get stitches they literally have to sew the two halves of the skin together. And then even after you've gotten the stitches, there's like sutures still there and they're visible. And so you can see that this thing was broken, but has been put together and it's just being held by a thread. But if you let time pass, if you nurse the wound properly, Mm -hmm. if you nurse the wound properly, Over time, you will see that the stitches begin to fade and the skin begins to form together and the two halves of the flesh become one flesh. I'm getting amped right now because (laughs) I didn't even come to preach, but like the two halves will become one flesh. And I truly believe that that is what God's intent for relationship and marriage is on earth. That in some way, two halves with space in between, two gaps or wounds would come together and be sutured together. And sometimes you still feel the pain when the stitches are fresh. And so there may be a little bit of friction. You can't do certain things when the stitches are fresh. You need to be extra careful when the stitches are fresh so that you don't rip them or or tear them apart. But if you give it time, if you allow it to undergo the healing process, the growing process, the grooming process, the two halves come together and become one flesh. And if we can just understand and believe that for our relationships on earth, godly relationships, we will come to see what it is to be in kingdom relationship with one another. In relationship, that looks like having those hard, necessary convos, stating your expectations, what is love, what is marriage to you, and sometimes unlearning the culture of your home because it's detrimental and creating new culture together. Marrying two worlds to the glory of God. The way church culture will tell it, marriage is about purpose and purpose only. Fulfilling purpose and the assignment God has for you. And I do believe that every marriage has a purpose and every couple has an assignment. But, but those teachings that purpose is more important than love don't say well with me anymore. They don't, they don't say well with me. You cannot simply look for your purpose partner, okay? You can't. I have been in that position where I have made decisions simply about purpose for a fitting love. And it wasn't until my eyes shined that I realized that that is not true. When God brought Eve to Adam, his motivation was that it was not good for man to be alone. He had already given Adam purpose he had already given him an assignment a job to name the animals he was tending over the garden he was in charge and tilling he was fulfilling his purpose alone before he even brought Eve to him but his motivation for bringing the woman was not so that Adam could till the garden better it was not so that he could name the animals because he did that by himself His purpose for bringing Eve was that it is not good for man to be alone. Yes, she was his helper. Yes, she was supposed to be comparable to him. But first and foremost, she was brought to him at that particular time so that he would not be alone. When we look strictly for purpose partners, sometimes we end up with purpose and nothing else. I've seen relationships and been in relationships where the person was perp- the person was perfect for business or perfect for ministry but there was no spark, no friendship and not perfect to do life with. You you need overlapping interest and overlapping purpose for a relationship to work. There are so many couples that flow effortlessly effortlessly together in ministry and there are testimonies to prove that their anointing works together of course there is no void in the spirit it will but as individuals doing life no i was in a room on clubhouse one day where A woman of God was saying she's married to a pastor, she's a first lady, and they have a mega church with so many people, and they have testimonies week after week, and all over Instagram, people talking about the anointing in the house, how you step into the house and there's anointing in the house, and so many things, but they were sleeping in separate bedrooms for over a year, and that's what she came and said, because they could do ministry really well together, but they couldn't do life together, and in those cases, you don't have a partner. You have a coworker, Ladies and gentlemen, don't find yourself loving a person but not liking them. You won't always need a helper. And so it really scares and worries me when men and even some women can't put in the effort to treat the people that they're with, especially on Valentine's Day, especially on a day that is publicly and widely celebrated and recognized for love. You cannot put in the effort because the thing is like my friend said real godly men are the most romantic when you have experienced someone the way that I described And God is at the center and you're praying and God is giving you revelation about the person and like giving you revelation about how you can help the person and how the person can help you. And the spirit is involved in the relationship. So it's not just physical attraction, but spiritual attraction and all of that mixed together. You want to express the appreciation express the joy express the love that you have for this person the bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the lord as men it's a blessing to be to a woman because she brings favor into your life. So even in the stage of dating relationship, you will begin to see favor in certain places. Favor in places that you didn't formally have favor. Wisdom will not come to you in places where you didn't formally have wisdom. Friendships will not come to you in places where you didn't formally have friendships. Connections will not come to you in places where you didn't formally have connections. All these things will be brought forth because of your connection to one woman. And this is the favor that the Bible will talk about that comes when the, when a man finds a wife. And so if you are in such a position that you've been connected with a woman that you're physically attracted to, spiritually attracted to, emotional attracted, uh, emotionally attracted to, how can you even withhold your expression of your love, your gratitude, your appreciation for what God has blessed you with? You can't. You will even go above it nobody has to teach you to be romantic nobody has to teach you to 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 express your your appreciation and love for it. even if you were a person that didn't formally do it in the past you will find yourself doing it and this is why we say and we see so many times that people fall in love and they change or sometimes we see situations where a person will be in a relationship with someone for years and years and years and then they will Get out of that relationship and be married in like six months to a different person, and it will seem as if they change. A person that was formerly not romantic has become romantic. A, for- a person that was formerly not too immature has, ma- has a, form- a person that was formerly immature has become mature. A person that formerly didn't know how to lead well be- has become a leader, especially for men. I feel like because of their innate. Because of their call to lead, especially when they align with that woman that gives them the favor, when they align with that woman, when they align with the right woman, they cannot even hold back. Like even if it's not their nature, it becomes their nature. And as a woman, when you align with that, that, that man that is supposed to lead, even if it's not your nature to submit, even if it's not your nature to submit, you will just find yourself some way somehow submitting. You'll even look back and be like, ah, is this me that is doing all of this stuff? Because when you are divinely align with such person, the spirit in you arises because it's spirit-led and it minimizes the things of the flesh. And so if you are in a relationship... And your man is making excuses for why he cannot treat you on a day that is publicly observed as a holiday in which we celebrate the people that we're with. He cannot even write a love letter on a Hilroy piece of paper with a number two pencil. My sister, please be guided because just be guided. All this to say, y'all, effort is not expensive. This podcast has ended up being longer than I expected. But you know, when you get me ginger and I start talking, I just want to remind us to please be guided and that effort is not expensive and that it takes a little, uh, that a little goes a long way when you're in love with a person. The same way in which our love for God motivates us to transform and to draw closer to him and to do things that we to do things in hope of pleasing him or in hopes of being near to him the same thing happens in earthly relationships this is why the bible will liken our relationship with god to our relationships with people because it's the same thing when love is the motivation's Love motivates people to change. Love motivates people to transform. Love motivates you to step out of your nature, to put aside your pride, to to learn new things, all in pursuit, dedication, and to please the one you love. And so if Valentine's have come and gone, I mean, it's still Valentine's week, so we'll give to the end of the week. But if Valentine's has come and gone, and the person that you're with has not (laughs) taken the time To express to you in any way what you mean to them. I think you need to go back to the drawing board because you don't deserve that, sis. You don't deserve that. I hope y'all take this in good faith because I'm just looking out for you. I'm just trying to be the big sister out here because I have been one of those women that accept a clownery and so I'm just trying to be everybody's big sister and love on everybody and make sure that we're getting the right type of men so I hope y'all receive this in good faith and not be in your feelings because it's not supposed to be like that but at the same time check yourself and reevaluate your life because God wants more for you sassine save baby